What's poppin' internet? Welcome to another episode of the Sync. Oh, <coughs> I move my mic. The Synced Up Podcast, where we bring you your weekly dose of gaming news and our opinions on games that we've been playing. I'm your host, Timothy DeRoe, and I'm joined by Michael Claire, the something, the third or something. The second. Oh, okay. So just junior? Don't call me junior. <laughs> no? Never. No junior? Never junior. Okay. There's a reason it's two, the second, and not junior. All right, fair enough. Today we're going to talk about EA Play, um, the news that got announced there, some new Pokemon news and some future Pokemon news, and a lot of Last of Us 2 stuff. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, please review and rate the show. Share it with your friends. That helps a lot. We would appreciate that. Follow us on Twitter at SyncedUpPod, at Timothy DeRoe, and at the Coast is Claire, C L E R C. And DM us any segment ideas you'd like in the future. Uh, new episodes go up every Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time Zone Gang. And if you have any questions you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you could DM Michael on Twitter. Um, so let's just get right, right into the news. So EA Play announcements, uh, Skate Star Wars Squadrons, and all the different games. With E3 2020 canceled, the Battlefield and Star Wars publisher took 45 minutes to show off a ton of new games. This is from Eddie Makuch. Maku. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eddie. Uh, Maka- I don't even know. You know what? Eddie. Eddie M. This is from, <laughs> this is from Eddie M. at GameSpot. EA Play Live 2020 announced and featured games. Apex Legends, smash hit battle royale game. Apex Legends is getting crossplay support for Xbox One, PS4, and PC, bringing it in line with other major multiplayer titles like Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Fortnite. Additionally, the game will be coming to Switch and Steam, which will also be crossplay. The game is currently on Season 5, and an event called Lost Treasures is coming June 23rd. Um, this is... Honestly, kind of wild that they're bringing it to Switch that it can yeah. even run on Switch. I, I was really shocked when yeah. um, when you said that in the chat. Yeah, and this is the first of many games in the EA Play thing that showed off the fact that they will be spearheading uh, crossplay with like all of their shit because they're like going all in on it. But uh, The Sims 4 and more on Steam. During a section devoted to The Sims 4, EA and Max has highlighted how the game's community can express itself regardless of their identity or differences. The development team thanked its fans for their support and announced that Sims 4 is now available on Steam. Other games to just hit the service include Dead Space 3 and Titanfall 2. With EA Access coming this fall, it looks like EA is fully embracing Valve's storefront. That's a pretty big deal to most uh, PC players. It doesn't bother me any, mm-hmm. but a lot of people uh, like, like their Steam. It takes two. Hazelites Joseph Fares is known as uh, known as much for his imp- impromptu rant at the Game Awards as he as he is uh, as he is about his game's brothers, a tale of two sons, and a way out. But the passionate director is back with EA Originals for It Takes Two. The cooperative action adventure game will be a quote crazy roller coaster ride end quote without a clear ending, and it attempts to combine narrative and gameplay together smoothly. It's coming in 2021, and the trailer reminds us why Ferris is such an interesting figure. Fuck the Oscars, as he said. I love that guy. It's so weird that he said that he was talking about the ending of the game. <laughs> I thought that was weird. Yeah. When he's like, the ending is like ambiguous and this, that, and the other. I was like, why are you saying that? <laughs> and even showed shit from the game. He's a very interesting guy. I know. He's so weird. His games are good. Yeah, they are. Lost and Random, a completely different type of game, also launching under the EA Originals banner. Banner, Lost and Random, is set in a Nightmare Before Christmas-style world and stars a young girl and a six-sided die companion. The land has been overtaken by a curse, and using dice is the key to breaking it and freeing the people from their dastardly fates. The game is by Faye, developer Zoink, and was first announced back in 2019. I don't remember that, but... Rocket Arena, Final Strike Games' Rocket Arena is part Overwatch, part Super Smash Bros., and is now being published by EA. The game comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on July 14th with cross-platform support, and the standard edition will only set you back 30 bucks. There will be 10 characters playable at launch as well as 10 maps, and you'll be able to use in-game currency to purchase the season pass. That was pretty accurate. Did you watch this stuff? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was like 100% like um, Overwatch and Super Smash Bros. Because it's mm-hmm. like, it's it was like a 3v3, 3v3, like a character hero shooter like Overwatch. Yeah. Um, and you have these abilities. Everything is rockets though. Like all your abilities are rocket based. Like all your guns are rocket based. Mm-hmm. And you're you're not trying to kill the other person. You're trying to knock them out of the arena. And they okay. like fly past. Like there's these little barrier walls that get mm-hmm. like red as you get close Do to them. Do you get um like is it like Smash Bros health system too? I don't know. It didn't like show percentage? it didn't show that. It just showed it just showed like them shooting each other but there was okay. no like HUD or anything. So okay. un- unable to tell there. 
Star Wars Squadrons. EA showed the first gameplay demonstration for Star Wars Squadrons, which ran for several minutes and included a look at first-person dogfighting combat. The inside of ships show the instruments at your disposal, and you'll also have a view at your depleting shields. The campaign will feature both Imperial and New Republic missions split between two pilots, and signature multiplayer mode fleet battles is... Um, is a three-phase fight culminating in an attack on a giant capital ship. Multiplayer supports crossplay across PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and the entire game supports VR. I thought that was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for Star Wars Squadrons just to to try it, even though I'm gonna be ass at it. But Same. like you know, like this game looks like it'll be, yeah, fun. Yeah, me, me, Chance, Matt, Isaiah, maybe some other people in there playing that shit because Isaiah played uh, Rogue Squadron back on the GameCube, which is this is the spiritual successor to, mm-hmm. but. The fact that it supports VR, a ton of people are gonna be having a blast with that. Living their Star Wars fantasy, mm-hmm. finally like in a st- like a cockpit of a starfighter. That's yeah. cool for them. EA Sports. EA featured a supercut of footage from its next generation sports titles, including FIFA and Madden. We saw incredibly detailed visuals for the fields as well as the players, and a quick tease of Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay uniform for the first time. However, however, we did not get to see any live gameplay. Uh, I think it was good that they. Spent very little time on Madden and FIFA because they used they usually spend like so long talking about those games. I think they know now that everyone's the gonna... people that come to watch this aren't there for Madden and FIFA, Mm-mm. even though they're big selling titles. Yeah, the people nobody's going to watch the EA full access just to look at Madden. Yeah, you know? yeah, not at all. Next Generation Games. EA is working on next generation projects at several of its major studios, including DICE, EA Motive, BioWare, and Criterion Games. Criterion specifically is currently working on the Need for Speed franchise after taking several years to focus on other projects, and DICE is working on making Battlefield even bigger than before. BioWare, meanwhile, will continue working on games with rich stories and characters, and alongside Star Wars Squadrons, EA Motive is working on a new IP. This game will feature some degree of player-created content. So this part was crazy because they showed, like, the driving, like, the racing game from Criterion. Mm -hmm. I I thought it was crazy off-rip because they were showing stuff so far out. Like, they were showing, like, Battlefield with a bunch of people and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, But they showed this racing game, and I thought it was just, like, I thought it was real life. Yeah, <laughs> like I really thought it was real life, but then they did like this pan thing where they, they like this line went across the screen going to show all the polygons, and I yeah. was like, me and Sal were just sitting on the couch like, oh, what the fuck? It was like, it had us really shook. It was kind of wild how like realistic it looked. That's cool. It was quite wild. I'm down for another Need for Speed game, man. Mm-hmm. Especially like with how good racing games are getting. Yeah. Because I don't really care for like Forza or... Um, mm-hmm. Forza Horizon. What's, what's the other one? Uh, that uh, Sony. Turismo. Yeah, I don't really care for those. Those are a bit too serious yeah. for me. Need for Speed had a little more mm-hmm. fun aspect to it, so I'd I'd go in on them though. Yeah, Need for Speed. Forza uh, Sport, Sport, Forza Street. I don't know. Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon Four was was pretty good. That mm-hmm. was the the sh- like the street racing one, but it was yeah. like open world, so it was pretty good. I played the shit out of it. Um. Skate. It is very early in development, but EA is officially working on a new skate game. It doesn't appear to have an official name yet, but the game will be the first in a series and in the series in over a decade. EA sold sold or said fans quote commented this into existence. Uh, we did it, gamers. Th- this was like obviously the biggest piece of news for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I love skate. They they knew how it ended. Yeah, I've been waiting for Skate Four for a long time. It is any Skate Four news. I mean, it's just even just social media. Mm-hmm. I had a meltdown after this. I, I mean, me too. I got up off the couch and was singing, going up the country. I was ready to do some yeah. kickflips. Tyler, the creator, was freaking do out. Do he was like, finally. Too bad you have to wait like two years. but That's probably going to be longer than that. Yeah, maybe more. <clears throat> um, yeah, some notable missing ones here. Um, now the right of the article. No Dragon Age 4. Mm-hmm. Um, that was teased two, two years ago, I believe. <laughs> the fact there's no Dragon Age 4 is kind of worrying. No Mass Effect trilogy, if that's even happening. Um, uh, doubtful. No, uh, what is the game? Why can't I remember it? No, uh, no Anthem stuff, because they're supposed to be completely changing the way Anthem is or whatever. But like in a completely new title? or No, because they're, they're, they want it to be a living game. They're like overhauling everything in the game. They announced it like a year ago. They didn't show anything from that. So hmm. those are some notable, notable missing things uh, from the EA Play. EA Play live stream. Um, it, it, it seemed better than I thought it'd be. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Short, concise, just showed stuff that kind of cared about. There's a little bit of long in the tooth stuff when they started showing like concept art and things for, for like Lost and Random and whatnot because mm-hmm. they kind of wanted to highlight those games as much as like Joseph Farris. But 
Mm-hmm. It, it was it was still pretty still pretty good. Um, I might go back and watch it. Yeah, but staying on the the news and live stream train, the Pokemon Pokemon even more short and concise. Yeah, Pokemon like announced some stuff. So um, here's everything announced in the the Pokemon presents. So this is from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. So uh, Pokemon presents live stream had a flurry of announcements, most notably the return of Pokemon Snap after a 20 year hiatus. Um, I was excited for this. New Pokemon Snap, as it's called, is in the works for Nintendo Switch and will offer familiar gameplay with lots of recent Pokemon species. This is um, good for those people. People have been waiting on Yeah, Pokemon people have been Snap. asking for a new Pokemon Snap. It's been 21 for, years. So. For a long time. And I think, um, I don't know, there's some interesting things they could do with this. Yeah. Because um, it was leaked that it's a $60 title. Not a big shocker. Mm, yeah. But so I mean, many people Nintendo. are like... Uh, is it gonna be worth it? You know. Yeah, so I mean, not sit around and take pictures of Pokemon. Not for me, but it's gonna. I need to see more than just what the Pokemon. Yeah. Look like. And did you see this game's made by uh, Bandai Namco? Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. see that. It's really cool. So, <coughs> it's cool to see somebody else get on the project. For yeah, once. I know. <laughs> um, on a completely different note, Pokemon Smile is a newly announced smartphone app to encourage kids to brush their teeth. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was so hard for me to resist downloading this app. No, dude. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't download it. But I was like, maybe. Catch Pokemon while brushing teeth? Uh, yeah, why not, bro? No, dude. I can't believe they almost got you. They almost did. I didn't fall for it, but I thought about it. I thought about it a lot. Damn. And then they announced um, Pokemon Cafe Mix is another new announcement. It's a free-to-play puzzle game coming soon to the Switch and smartphones where you match Pokemon icons to run your cafe business. Level up to gain new staff Pokemon for your cafe with new abilities and to decorate it further. Um, this one looked okay. I didn't, I didn't watch this event, so. You didn't? Okay. No. It's, um, it's very weird to describe it. Did you ever play Pokemon Ranger? Nope. Okay. Useless. <laughs> um. I wasn't deep in the Pokemon. So, so basically you, you're running a little cafe, right? And then it seems like there's this puzzle part of the game. Like where match three or something? Yeah, but it's like, instead of like swiping to get things to match, it's just like a giant bucket of Pokemon faces, and you have to like swirl them together. What? And try and match. It's very weird. Huh. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna try it. It doesn't look like it'll be that bad. Yeah. I mean, it's free, so. Yeah, especially if it's free. Might as well. Um. Other news: Pokemon Go will get Mega Evolutions this year, a long-awaited addition to the game for fans. I think that'll be cool. I don't know how they're gonna do it. Yeah. Will it be treated as standard evolutions, separate creatures, or temporary form changes? Today's teaser did not give much away. Um. I think it'll be cool. Yeah. Other Pokemon Go news included confirmation that mythical creature Victini will arrive in-game in 2020, and that Galarian Farfetch'd and various Avatar items were now live to celebrate the arrival of the first um, Sword and Shield Pokemon, uh, the first Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion on Switch. Pokemon Go still going strong, despite the COVID. Oh, yeah. They did good. They adapted very well to bringing that game indoors. They probably had, I don't know, I feel like they had to have a plan like that already, because they, they implemented that shit so fast. Yeah. Well... And it was like they did small things that made a big difference, you know, like yeah. um, really reducing how long it took to hatch eggs, making it to where you could do raids from your home mm-hmm. um, as long as you could see them. Yeah. Like that stuff was easy to do, and it made the game so much more accessible. Now, I'm wondering if they're going to revert back off most of these changes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, COVID coming back strong, it seems like, so. Well, yeah, but I mean, wait, I mean, but... like in a year or so, are they going to? They have to. Yeah. Because, like, these features are quality of life features almost mm-hmm. they make the game a little more accessible so yeah. I, could, I could see them keeping it it's possible um people do like the features so perhaps the biggest surprise though was mention of the pokemon's company's next big big project which is due to be unveiled as soon as next week another live stream will be held on wednesday june 24th with the the details on that so there's there's really two trains here thought for what maybe a third one too for what the big title could be mm-hmm. there's the obvious Gen 4 remake, which is just, you know, if you're counting 1, 2, 3, 4, that's the next one in line to get a remake, yeah. um, which people have been asking for. That's the that's the big hype one. That's Sinnoh, right, or whatever? Yeah, that's Sinnoh. Yeah. Uh, Diamond and Pearl. I see people on Twitter tweeting the clown faces like me after expecting Sinnoh remake. Or yeah, whatever. well, uh, people expected to hear it. But, like, now it's like if we don't hear it in the next one, uh, Twitter's going to have a, a, a bad day. Yeah. But the other big speculation is let's go Johto. Um, let's the, go, uh, let's go Pichu and <laughs> let's go Togepi. Yeah. Did you say Tepic? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's a Gen 5 Pokemon. Oh, my bad. Um, 
which I think would be really disappointing because <clears throat> that would be another Gen 1 remake because every time you remake Gen 2, you yeah. also remake Gen 1 because you go they, – they keep the Kanto map in Gen 2. Uh-huh. So I think I think the internet would be very upset. Uh, I don't know. People, then, people the, like – I like the first one of Let's the first Go. One. Oh, yeah. I thought they were good games. The thing is it would be a good game to make. Yeah. Because um, the Let's Go, you know, side of the franchise is – it's different enough to where it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like you're taking away from a core game by making it. Mm-hmm. I think the long shot, though, is that they remake, um, and Isaiah agrees, XD, Gale of Darkness, and Coliseum. Nah. Did you ever play those? I played Coliseum. I mean, a little bit. I played it, like, where did I play? I played it on, like, Noah's N64. Yeah. But, like, in 2017, Not. I think it's absolute Not trash. One. Not that one. What? The The GameCube one. Oh, no. Whatever yeah, the ones on the N64, that thing is terrible. That thing's not terrible. No, it's bad. For being on the N64, it was pretty good. Maybe. It like, was a good N64 maybe it's, game. It's good with this, nostalgia. This is one of the hardest takes. With no with no nostalgia factor, I thought that game was terrible. No, it had decent mini games for a 64 game, and then you could battle people. Just like it no. It's one of the it's one of the like the OG good ones. It may not hold up now because there's no. just better options. But no, we're talking um it's Gale of Darkness and I think it's Coliseum. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. Those two could either get a third title or yeah. a remake. But Be- would they, I don't know if they would announce it as like, oh, coming up in a couple weeks, our next big project will get announced. And it's one of those. I don't know. Oh, that no. That would be a big deal. I mean, it would be, be a big deal, deal but I, I'd feel like. Maybe I'm reading into it a little too much, but the whole... I feel like big project implies, like... Because I don't think remaking Coliseum or something would take a ton of development time. <clears throat> it wouldn't, uh, to me, it wouldn't seem like a big project. To me, that seems like a side project. Maybe. I don't know. Those games would do numbers on the Switch. Big numbers on the Switch. Yeah. Of course, any Pokemon title would. I mean, yeah. It's Pokemon. <laughs> but that's, that's, the, that's, that's why it's the sleeper. Um, the, the sleeper, sleeper pick? Yeah. I think Gen 4 is the the main idea here. So, yeah, we'll have to see. That's we'll my speculation see. on it. Yeah, we do got the Smash thing. What is that, June 22nd or something? Uh, oh, it might be. I can't remember. It's around that same time. They're supposed to announce the actual Smash DLC the character. character. Yeah. I, so. I assume since it's... I don't know why they kept it like that. Why it's so, like, secret which ARMS character it is. Yeah. Because, like... I don't know, bro. Twintel. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's what I see everybody advocating for on Twitter, so I'll advocate with them. Dude, I couldn't tell you shit about Nintendo, bro. I don't know what they're doing. I have no fucking clue. I don't clue. think they do either. <laughs> Their marketing is fucking wild right now. I mean, Origami King still was just announced on Twitter. Yep. So, like... And it looks like it's going to be a real good game. Exactly. And it only got announced on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, moving on. And a little bit more interesting news. I included this here because this is an interesting conversation topic. The FDA just approved the first prescription video game for kids with ADHD. Uh, games just became medicine. This is from Sean Holly, Holly, Hollister at The Verge. It might not look like much of a video game, but uh, Akali Interactive's Endeavor RX, formerly Project Evo, may go down in history. It's the first video game that can legally be marketed and prescribed as medicine in the United States. It's a landmark decision from the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, which is authorized Doctors to prescribe the iPhone and iPad game for kids between ages of 8 and 12 years old with ADHD. After it underwent seven, several, or no, seven years of clinical trials that studied over 600 children to figure out whether a game could actually make a difference. According to the company's favorite of the five studies, the answer is yes. One-third of its kids treated, quote, no longer had a measurable attention deficit on at least one measure of objective attention, end quote, after playing the obstacle-dodging, target-collecting game for 25 minutes a day, five days a week for four weeks. Quote, improvements in ADHD impairments following a month of treatment with Endeavor RX were, or with Endeavor X were maintained for up to a month, the company cites, with the most common side effects being frustration and headache, seemingly mild compared to tradition, traditional drugs as you hope from a so-called virtual medicine. That said, we're talking about a study by doctors who work for the game's developer. According to disclosures at the bottom of the study, and even their conclusion is that the results are, quote, uh, are not sufficient to suggest that AKLT-01 should be used as an alternative to established and recommended treatments for ADHD. But it's one more treatment to potentially try, and it's pretty exciting to see an idea we followed for years to to make it this far. 
We wrote how, quote, this game might be the future of ADHD and Alzheimer's treatment. And in 2017, we explored how prescription video games may be the future of medicine. Now a prescription video game is a real thing. It's not the future anymore. It's intriguing to see a video game treatment used for something other than distraction or exercise, too. Even one of the most stunning examples we've heard, that of the burn victims who use virtual reality to ease their pain, was still mostly about providing a compelling distraction in the moment. With Endeavor RX, the next step is to actually launch the game. The Akali rail, uh, rep tells The Verge, Though it did technically open up enrollment for a limited number of families under the FDA's relaxed COVID-19 enforcement back in April, uh, while the FDA says Endeavor RX is the first prescription video game it's approved, a Verge reader points out that Bayer did introduce an FDA-approved glucose meter called Digit that could plug into a Nintendo DS back mm -hmm. in 2010, which gave kids points for testing their glucose levels that they could spend on the exclusive Knock 'em Downs World's Fair video game. So this isn't like a huge news thing because obviously like they're talking about like how it's not like 100% or whatever. Yeah. But I just included it in here because I thought it was It's cool. an interesting topic. Yeah, especially because like that is especially they've seen results in some cases or whatever. Obviously not all cases mm -hmm. that and it could be completely unrelated. You know how those studies I, go. I think but it's very interesting because I also believe that um, video games, if used properly, can be like a, a help to uh, your mental health. Oh, yeah. I'm one hundo posento. Yeah. Just look they, at Exhibit A, Animal Cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything used in the right dosage can be either helpful or yeah. – don't get me wrong. Like it, it could probably be harmful too yeah. if it's all you spend your time doing. Um, but a majority of the time, I think, you know, yeah, games like Animal Crossing – can help your mental health so it's yeah. not shocking to see that like when utilized correctly we can use it to fight bigger things uh -huh, you know? uh -huh. it's cool it's cool for the just to see games continue to branch out into different areas you know yeah 100 percent. from when i was a even when i was a kid and i'm we're young obviously of of it still being kind of a taboo thing but now it's kind of it's everywhere at this point biggest yeah. industry and now it's medicine kind of wild stuff on a different note though more towards sony an announced Crash Bandicoot game has popped up on a Taiwanese rating website, and it looks like Crash Band—it's—it looks like Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time is coming to Xbox as well as PS4. This is from Vicky Blake at GamesRadar. An announced Crash Bandicoot game, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time has appeared on the Taiwan Digital Game Rating Committee. Committee. Quote. Crash is relaxing and exploring his island in his time, 1998, when he finds a mysterious mask hidden away in a cave. Lanny Lowley. The English part of the description says, thanks, Gamatsu. Uh, oh, this is because Gamatsu did the report. Mm -hmm. Quote, the mask is one of the quantum masks and apparently knows Aku Aku, Crash's mask friend. With the quantum masks returning and quantum rift appearing in our, near our heroes, uh, they decide to bravely head, through two, uh, bravely head through to different times and dimensions to stop whoever is responsible. Interestingly, the game, which has traditionally only been available on PlayStation consoles, is listed as coming to both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, with the latter also being compatible with the upcoming Xbox Series X. Of course, news of a new Crash Bandicoot game shouldn't come as a complete surprise. As Alex re recently reported, Activision uh, started to tease the existence of a new Crash Bandicoot game a couple of days ago via mysterious puzzles sent to members of the press, including us here at GamesRadar. The parcel, which arrived last week, contained a box with the following message, quote, a little something to help you pass the time from your favorite Bandicoot. Um... Funnily enough, a mysterious mask similar to this one appeared in a PlayStation trailer last year, following Coco as she pursued Crash and the character's infamous racing carts. Um, so this isn't too unexpected, but no, it's dope. I do think it's funny that the game's supposed to be titled It's About Time. Yeah. And I remember we were talking about this in the group chat, and um, Trey was telling us about the, the parcels that people were getting, mm -hmm. and he said the, the, the boxes have something to do with or the boxes are like about time. Mm -hmm. And once I found out the title, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Did Trey predict the name of the title? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, I need to find that, that message. Not, me laugh. not completely unexpected, but no good cool. that it's pretty much confirmed at this point. I mean, they oh yeah. Stuff 100%. Out, so hundred percent. We'll see how it goes. Apparently it's supposed to be the game that's getting announced. Cause Jeff Keighley has a game announcement coming soon on mm -hmm. 22nd. Tomorrow for the Summer Games Fest, and supposedly this is that game, so hopefully. Yeah. Well, I don't know about hopefully, because we know it exists, maybe, and I like I new know. stuff. I'd like to see gameplay. Yeah, that's true. Um, but staying in the Sony realm, uh, we got a Last of Us 2 review roundup. Uh, scores and opinions. Critics have weighed in on Naughty Dog's latest sequel, and this gen and the genera general consensus is it's overwhelmingly positive. This is from Alessandro Barbosa at GameSpot. So they just have a roundup here. 
um, of some of the most notable companies that reviewed um, The Last of Us 2, so I'm going to read some of these. Uh, GameSpot, 8 out of 10. By the time I finished The Last of Us Part 2, I wasn't sure if I liked it. It's a hard game to stomach, in part because so much of who Ellie is and what she does is beyond your control. She is deeply complicated and flawed, and her selflessness hurts a lot of people. Or selfish, selfishness, Jesus. At times, the pain you inflict feels so senseless that it can leave you numb. It's all messy and bleak and made me profoundly sad for a myriad of reasons, but the more I reflect on it, the more I appreciate the story and characters at its core. I wanted almost none of it to happen the way it did, and that's both beautiful and devastating. Uh, that was from Callie Plaguey, uh, from Andy McNamara, uh, at Game Informer, a great guy. I can rave about the attention to detail, the world, and the combat, but the story is where The Last of Us Part Two sets a new bar. It is more about challenging your heart than your reflexes, and I simply cannot recommend it enough. There's much to be said about this game that can't be said here due to spoilers, but you should play it as soon as you can with as little info as possible. But you don't need to know specifics to appreciate how the gameplay environmental cues all play into a single purpose. They make you feel the choices, helplessness, and the violence at the heart of this world and its characters. I can, feel safely, or I can safely say that this is the best narrative game I have played. I felt the loss. I felt the confusion. It is a game that turned me inside out with each twist of the screw. Um, from Jonathan Dornbush, IGN, 10 out of 10. The Last of Us Part 2 is a masterpiece worthy of its predecessor. Taking strides forward in nearly every way, Ellie steps into the spotlight and carries the sequel, sequel in a manner that feels like a culmination of everything that's made Naughty Dog's blockbuster storytelling so memorable since the original Uncharted on the PlayStation 3. It delivers a layered, emotionally shattering story on top of stealth and action gameplay that improves the first game's mechanics while integrating a bit more of Uncharted's, uh, Uncharted's greater mobility and action. But while Part 2 is a thrilling adventure, it still makes time for stunning, nuanced exploration of the strength and fragility of the human spirit. The PlayStation 4 has one of its best exclusives and one of the generation's best games. This is from Alex Avard, Games Radar, 5 out of 5. The Last of Us Part 2 not only justifies its existence as a sequel, most didn't think uh, was necessary, supplementing and elevating timeless qualities of its predecessor, but standing confidently apart by an entirely different beast, as an entirely different beast, one bearing its own fangs that bite with just as much force. The lasting achievement is nothing short of extraordinary, and a game we'll be looking back on for decades to come. This is from Cat Bailey, US Gamer, 4.5 out of 5. It largely regains its momentum in the final quarter or so with the finale that is um, that's as intense as anything I've experienced in a video game. When all was said and done, I was left feeling emotionally spent, uncertain whether I ever wanted to play a hypothetical The Last of Us Part 3. Together, The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2 tell one complete story, the first game being action, the sequel being reaction. It may not be end an ending that uh, many fans want, but it feels like this story is finished. It's one I won't soon forget. Um, so I'm going to use that to segue into the what we've been playing section because I have been playing The Last of Us 2 mm -hmm. nonstop since two days ago. Literally nonstop. <clears throat> yeah, quite literally. I got off work on Friday, booted it up, played it till I went to sleep. Woke up on Saturday, booted it up, played it till I went to sleep. So I've been deep diving into mm -hmm. some classic high school uh, some classic high school gaming um, uh, feelings right no now. No breaks. So I am at the 17-hour mark. I thought I was at the end. Um, you thought? I thought, cause just because of what was happening, I'm not going to spoil anything when talking about this, Yeah. Just b but because what was happening around it, I was looking at my game clock, and I was like, damn, like I must have went fast, because it, it kind of felt like it was ending. Mm -hmm. um, I was wrong, and <clears throat> I'm glad I was wrong, because I didn't want it to end there. But yeah, I'm, I'm 17 hours in. Supposedly, it takes around 23 to 25 hours to complete the game. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a decent chunk of game left to play. I'm having a great time. Like I'm, I'm having a blast. Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm having a great time. Yeah. Like I'm loving the like. It's not fun. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Like it's fun, but it's not fun. Yeah. Because like I, know, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like the the story and everything, and and the, some of the things that are happening in the game is just brutal. Yeah. Just so brutal, but. Like, it's so good. Like, the story, there's a bunch of twists and turns that it takes that are unexpected, some expected, some unexpected, that just hit so hard. Um, the brutality of it is, is absolutely insane. And, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm having a good time. A lot of these are pretty accurate with the fact that they improved on the previous game's uh, gameplay tenfold. Um, the combat's a lot much better simply because you're able to traverse uh, the verticality of it. There's a lot more verticality in this game compared to the last game because mm -hmm. you're being able to jump and climb, um, swim underwater, being able to lay down, or go under trucks, go into grass. I, I think the most impressive thing I've seen with this game so far is, have you gotten to use a rope at all? 
Yeah, you use ropes all the time. Yeah, the rope physics. Yeah. Oh, oh they're God. really good. Yeah, they're crisp. It looks so good. She was just picking up a rope and like yeah. tying it off, and then she threw it, and I was yeah. like, that, mm-hmm. that's a coding nightmare. Like, yeah, the rope. That was impressive. The rope is nice, and, and the rope puzzles are good. The puzzles in this game are good. Um, you'd think they wouldn't be because in like a serious narrative like this, that the, the puzzles, like games, serious narratives like this, I feel like when you have puzzles, it kind of just throws off the pacing, but that doesn't, it doesn't feel that way here. They feel, you know, very, they're there on purpose, you know, mm-hmm. most of the time they're there to, for you to kind of take in what the hell just happened yeah. and you're kind of just doing stuff. Um, it's, it's very good. Yeah. The combat traversal, the stealth, everything has just been turned up a notch. The AI is really good in particular mm-hmm. um it makes the combat hit you know twice as hard when a, a dog you know like a dog jumps at you and you you brutally murder it with your knife or something because yeah you, you know it's gonna kill you and it's like it's pretty bad like with the yelping and shit and mm-hmm. you like throw it and then it's doubly bad when you do that and there's like a dude standing like 10 feet away who's like comet no and he starts blasting like yells a name for your Aww. for the dog and you're like oh shit and and it happens all the time and they're that way with each other too. Like if you shoot like an arrow at like a dude and it like headshots him, and he's standing next to another dude, or like let's say it's a girl, the girl will, like the 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 enemy will react to that and then scream out like a name. And they none of them have been the same. It's all yeah. you know, they're always different names. So like I headshotted a dude from far off, and then it was just like Dana, and then like she got down and was like no shit no, and it was like trying to like mm. get him back up, and you're like oh fuck, you oh, know? Man. I and, don't know if I can play the game. <laughs> and dude. so that happens all the time. And sometimes you get like the race basic lines of like, oh, they killed the dog or killed my dog, but or they killed that guy or whatever. But yeah. a lot of times they yell out like a specific name and it and it uh it hits because you're like, oh, fuck, you know, it, it just makes those it just makes those things hit so much harder because you're not used to that. Right. You're, yeah. Your enemies, you're used to just mowing them down, but they feel so much more human here. And I think and I and I think that plays a big part into into why I think this game is so good. Yeah. And also why I'm not having fun, but also having fun. Yeah. There's stuff like that where I'm like, oh, fuck, not Comet, <laughs> you know? And you're just like, shit. And yeah, the story the story goes interesting places I did not expect it to go. Um, it's honestly very progressive at the same time because um, obviously Ellie, gay character, yeah. uh, main character, there is... Don't tell the internet that. <laughs> She's a gay character, and there there is a um, there is a trans character in the game, mm-hmm. and I, I was surprised to see that um, and how they handled that. But it's I think it's cool. Yeah, it's very good, and I can't wait to finish this podcast episode and go back downstairs and play yeah. some more. Bro, the I I saw a couple of Neil Druckmann's tweets and just other tweets from people. Yeah, of like how many reviews there were in the, the first second two hours. it opened up. Yeah. Yeah. He said the there was more reviews in the first two hours of Last was Two than there was in Last was One in seven years. Yeah. That cracked me up. It's it's just him calling out the yeah, review well, bombers. Because yeah. people are just review bombing the game. Because you look at the critic score, it's like ninety seven. Yeah. You look at user score, it's, it's like, like thirty three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something like that. And it's just frustrating because it's like these people didn't play the game. Yeah. I could understand criticism if you played the game yeah. and then it's people, even then, but it's, even then, it's still like you're yeah. you're upset about the wrong thing. It's like bigots and stuff, and then it's people who just read those spoilers, which you know that's your fault. And plus, those spoilers, from what I could t- uh, like, I'm gonna go back and look at those spoilers. You could ask Chance. From a lot of people that have played the game, said that those, like a lot of those spoilers were just wrong. We're just yeah. not even, not even correct. This base level stuff. Yeah, they, or just completely not yeah. there at all. And so I don't know. <sighs> I don't understand why people who care about the game or, like, wanted it to be good mm-hmm. even for a second thought about reading the spoilers. Yeah. Because, like... Some of them are hard to avoid. You know, they're all over the internet. Yeah. Twitch chats and stuff. I'm, yeah. But, I mean, I managed to avoid most of it. Yeah. And I, I know not everybody has... I got spoiled on a big plot point. But even then, like, that it's... I've hit. But that, that plot point still was very emotional. I know there's plenty of people who went out and read every single spoiler mm-hmm. and then we're upset yeah at how it ended like because of the way it, they didn't want the story to go that way yeah and plus they're not they're not experiencing the game in the way that it was meant to be experienced you know they're reading exactly. it, they're reading it on this piece of paper so those moments are not hitting like they should because you don't have these interim moments with the dialogue and stuff and the conversations yeah. that happen that's another thing i think this game does quite well um is if you you didn't play god the dialogue of War. did you play god of War? no okay. but I, I i think i know what you're talking about the dialogue <laughs> what just like 
you'll yeah. be walking somewhere. Yeah, the, the God of War did this thing that was so good where there's these major character moments, but just in the interim of what was happening. Yeah. So you would just be on your boat, and, and the headless guy, or the head guy, it was just the head, would start telling a story or talking or something, mm-hmm. and you would get these, these really good, like, dialogue moments between characters but it was just when you were just doing regular shit yeah no i i know what you mean because i watched um one of my friends from college he was streaming it mm-hmm. so i watched him play it a little bit and i've watched you play it for yeah. a little bit but every time there was like dialogue going on and you'd just be walking somewhere yeah and, and so it, it felt like real yeah. quality dialogue and to me that's what the last was does well as well there's not a lot of moments where you're just like there is some where you're just going and nobody's talking but even if it's just something little of like like there's there's this part where you're going like a character is taking you somewhere, and you'll just be walking and doing stuff, and then that character because you guys don't know each other that well is like, hey, like why'd you do this or why does it like they just yeah. ask each other questions and it's just it's character development while you're just doing a puzzle or yeah. a, a combat and area. it's such a step up from like older games where your dialogue in between moments like that would just be we got to go this way yeah or silence <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it's very it, it just helps establish a mm-hmm. more lived in world. Yeah. Almost, it makes the characters feel more real, more the, human. more developed. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, and then the oh wait, I had one more thing, but it's completely gone. Thing on it. Completely gone. Completely gone. Skill trees are cool. Being able to upgrade your your weapons and stuff to, and notice those differences is mm-hmm. is quite cool. Um, I like the openness. There's like uh, some areas that are pretty like big and open where there's all these different buildings you can like you can just miss story moments. Yeah. Like where you'll go to a building and there'll be like a story moment where you interact with something and a, char- a cutscene with the character that you could have just missed if you didn't if you didn't like explore. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the openness. I like the openness there, and it it's just I don't know. It's just good. And also the I like the fact that it's becoming more and more normal to have no loading screens. Obviously, the loading screens are there, you know, when you're, like, squeezing through a tight corridor. Well, or, yeah. But or like someone's the, giving you an assist to climb it, up onto a roof. Like, it, that's a loading it screen. It takes you less out of the moment, though. Yeah. Um, and they're fast. Because yeah. normal, like, especially in, like, uh, Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. some of those corridors, bro. You'd be walking there for, like, a minute. <laughs> exactly. Here in, in Last of Us 2, it's really quick. Uh, dying spawns so fast. Yeah, I watched you die. Reloading from the last checkpoint is even faster. Like, I clicked reload from last checkpoint and it was like less than half a second. Mm. It was like, and I was like, oh, shit. shit. It just just brought you you back into it. But on a less serious note, before that, and I will return to this game probably tomorrow or if I beat Last Was 2 today, um, I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky with the the boys. Um, With the boys? It's fun. It's it's a lot better than it used to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the base building and exploration and stuff, like learning the words, like there's just much. The, the game is just, the game is what was promised in the beginning and then some. Yeah. Um, when it very first came out, so I'm glad that they could get to that point. So we're having a lot of fun playing that. That's cool. And it's on Game Pass and crossplay, so, you know. Who are you playing with? Chance and Matt, sometimes Trey. Okay. So, and that is all. I think I'll play West of Dead by the end of the week. Mm. Um. And Chance said it was pretty good. Yeah, and I might play Among Trees, the demo, and I might play Summer and Mara, but I don't know. Depends on how it goes. Depends on how distraught I am after this last year's <laughs> two. You're going to need a week off, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been playing the DLC, and Isle, I have a lot. Isle of, of Armor. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this, because, man, the internet really gets on my nerves sometimes. <laughs> um, the DLC is honestly perfect for me mm-hmm. the way i play pokemon it is perfect yeah because i'm very much catch every single pokemon as i go mm-hmm. like i'm like i don't have that pokemon on my pokemon i'm gonna go catch it uh the whole map which is pretty darn big yeah is just wild area okay so it's which i feel it, like was how they should have done that they yeah it would have been nice if they made the original game like it mm-hmm. um i can understand why they didn't yeah but it is nice that this whole area is wild area. Yeah. So never are you taken out of that that aesthetic of being in the wild area. Because mm-hmm. you, your camera is movable the whole DLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not something that's in the, the not, original game. Yeah, no, no. Not at all. Um, so that's nice. I like that a lot. There's a whole bunch of new Pokemon. Cool. The story, short, mm-hmm. not terrible. I think it's I think your rival in the, the story is better than... The main story. Yeah, it's not as annoying. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, the rewards for whenever. finishing the story are cool. 
if you just did the story and didn't care about catching Pokemon, I don't think it's good. Really? Because the story is like, you could probably knock it out in an hour and a half to two hours. So it doesn't feel like... If you just go from checkpoint to checkpoint to checkpoint. Yeah. It doesn't feel like $30 worth if someone is well, not it, into it. Well, 15 yeah. to this DLC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. um, you get two and one. It, I don't think it would be if you just care about blazing through the story and getting mm-hmm. your cup fuel. Um, but the way I play, I've spent like maybe eight to nine hours, mm-hmm. maybe ten. Just catching shit. Just catching stuff. Uh, I've been using cup fu, the new Pokemon. I evolved it. I, ju- I gave it the stuff to make it Gigantamax. Mm-hmm. And like it's one of my favorite Pokemon now. Yeah. Just because it's I've, the story like makes you use it. There's yeah, a yeah, whole yeah. area where you... You can only use cup food, yeah, which is cool. Um, so I like that a lot. There, the one problem I do have is that I, this might be I don't know whose fault it is. It might be IGN or it might be, um, the Pokemon Company, but IGN reported that there would be level scaling up to level 100. Mm-hmm. So if you enter the island with level 100 Pokemon, it was expected that you would fight Pokemon that were like yeah. near that level, like maybe level 80 or 90 or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was the expectation. Um, everything was just level 60 and just period. Up. Yeah. So you just destroyed everything. Yeah, pretty much. That's why. So I, I brought a team that was like mostly, mostly like 65 to 70. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could enjoy it. A lot of people won't do that. Yeah. They'll just go in with their level hundreds and blaze through it. Yeah. So it's like, it shouldn't be on you to make some of the difficulty, but it's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. Use other Pokemon you haven't used before and stuff like that. Yeah. There's, I feel like there's a way to make the DLC amazing by yourself um and that's where i think it's interesting is like there could be a discussion had on uh, yeah whose job that is is mm-hmm. that the game company or yours and i think it's i think pokemon does it fine because it leaves it up to wh- however you want to play it yeah i just don't think there's enough in this dlc for someone who doesn't care about completing their pokedex mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i mean it, i think chance would enjoy it because i know how chance plays mm-hmm. um i'm enjoying it Overall, I think it's a good DLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I didn't see much from it. Um, I saw a Twitter video of some dude <laughs> complaining about the Pokemon following him or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's Shofu. That yeah. meant that is the biggest Pokemon fan that hates Pokemon. Really? I love Shofu. Yeah, um, he complains about everything. Yeah, um, and it was like the Pokemon following him, but like super far away. Yeah. And then it would just like tell That's another thing. Him. Super cool. They, they finally added that. Yeah. Um, so any of the 600 or so Pokemon that are in the game now will follow you around. Yeah. Which is also something that should have been in the base game. But like, Yeah, 100%. I'll take it now. I think, um, I think I'm just where I'm at. Um, we've, I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's just like, um, like I, I want the game, especially now that it's on like a more console, that, a console that could handle something bigger. Like I just want the game or a Pokemon game to just be, just bigger you know yeah like the breath of the wild of pokemon and and i think that's just because like I, i've gotten i've grown tired of like the pokemon formula yeah because it, it to me every game just doesn't doesn't does not feel different enough and i know they are like i know there's like pretty big differences but especially when you get into the minutia stuff but as someone who doesn't like dive deep no, into those games mean. like they just I, like well, I feel like we haven't grown much further like since like black and white and shit like like I feel yeah. like it's just been the or, same. Well, I think X and Y. Once yeah. we got the updated resolution to like really being a 3D game, mm-hmm. it hasn't changed much since then. That's yeah. why I think something like a just the visuals have like changed. a Pokemon XD would be a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. But the reason we'll probably never get a Breath of the Wild Pokemon is because of how fast they're forced to pump them out. Yeah, you need a new, almost main title Pokemon game every year whether it's a remake of an older one or the follow-up or a brand new one i you need one every year just because that's the formula yeah i mean yeah they're never gonna stop doing that i yeah but that was that's been the formula for for other shit too like because assassin's creed was new every single year and then they took a two-year break and completely they dropped origins and Mm -hmm. completely revitalized my love for that series and but they were every year but that's because their franchise has fallen. Like you can't say like the 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 games that came out right before Origin mm-hmm. were the best of the series. No, I mean some some people like them, but and they still sold good. Yeah, but they were just. But in you terms can tell criti- the, you, I think you could tell the franchise was going downhill at that point. And they needed a, to yeah. revitalize. 
Pokemon is still climbing. Like, you get new fans every time you release a game. Because, mm-hmm. you know, your audience is young people. Um, and I think you probably gain more than you lose every yeah. time. Yeah. So, they have no encouragement to break their formula. Yeah, you just, you know, just you want to do it for the art, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not like, the company that we're talking about here. Yeah, Game Freak. It's it's the, the claims they don't formula. do. It f- they claim they don't do it for the money. Oh, they but, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And Nintendo's not going to stop them either. So yeah, no. Nintendo, Nintendo will let them push it out. Yeah. That's their moneymaker. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. It. And here's why. If Pokemon has to be the one that doesn't get the Breath of the Wild, I'm cool with it. If they have to keep throwing Pokemon out there so we can get better other games, you know, like better better Zelda games. Yeah, but because th- Zelda could have easily been the franchise that's new new game every year. Yeah, but the difference the difference is, is Nintendo doesn't own Pokemon. Hey, they don't, but you know they got the they get a per- they get they a got perc- the hounds on them. They get a percentage of the cut, but ga- the Game Freak. CEO or whatever has mm-hmm. come out and said that Nintendo has no has no like leverage to what they make. So like all the decisions. No, to but m- Nintendo will give them the dates. I mean, yeah, well, Nintendo will tell them push this game by then. And the thing is, it's so it's so out of Game Freak's hands because it's not just the game. You have the TCG, you have the Pokemon Center that mm-hmm. sells all the merch. You have the show. There's so much more to it than just the game yeah like with breath of the wild you're not you're not having to push that date to make sure you're in line with your tcg your Mm -hmm. your your tv show your movies and all that pokemon they have no choice if they delay the game by half a year you're delaying so many other things yeah you can't put the plushies out at the store you can't release the new the new card game um and that that screws over everything yeah, it's that's just, why it's I so mean, hard for them to break the formula. Assassin's I don't think Creed it is. Doesn't have to worry about I don't, that. I don't think it is hard for them to break the formula, um, because, and this was where the discussion was at like a year ago, mm-hmm. when the Game Freak guy, when the discussion on the internet was, hire more fucking people, like get a second team, and that, yeah, and his res- his response was like that he wouldn't like that, that like he likes the smaller team of three hundred and fifty or whatever people they got small my ass but. Like it just, like I, uh, the solution to that problem is to just get a second team, yeah. And that's what like most of those companies, like Call of Duty, like they want to pump them out every year, but they're getting they're getting um, crunched like a motherfucker. So they hire three studios. You get Sledgehammer, Raven. I think that is the easiest solution, but I think it's the solution they're the least likely to do. Yeah, and you just you just, you just put them on rotation. Like you keep pumping out your regular shit, and you just put the second team on mm-hmm. something that's big because, in in my opinion, that would take it to like the amount i feel like the amount of fans you would gain back from something like that like something that big releasing the best pokemon game ever. yeah and yeah the, and the amount of sales and the amount of good uh press and the amount of shit and that would probably reflect across the board too like tcg and stuff of just revitalizing people's yeah. love for that thing but i it's think just, it's the right move but they just i mean obviously they're not gonna do it i think it works and it's just yeah, hiring more people is definitely a solution, but it's it's gonna be so hard for them to take a break. Yeah. To ever pause that train. Yeah. Because of all the other things that are in line with the game, you can't just like they just can't even delay their games. Yeah. Their games have to come out on time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just think that's why if they were ever like we're gonna take a year to reform, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. I just yeah. I think the only solution is to just hire. A and I bet they. I I, game I freak, think they game freak Santa Barbara. Yeah, fucking with three hundred people that just work on whatever the fuck, and then I the think other game freak just keeps that, working on I think something on. like that will have to happen very s- slowly. I don't think they can hire a new team of a hundred and expect them to make a new game. I think I don't know companies do it all the time. Yeah, but I I think the way Game Freak wants to do it is probably hire twenty new people every year, and then I don't think he wants to hire any new people. Well, probably not. <laughs> well, because <laughs> they have enough and it works, and they make yeah. billions. Yeah, so. they're they're it's a well-oiled machine. Unfortunately, yep. I feel like they have become. Complac- complacent and easily in the most fact. complacent yeah which is unfortunate um, wildly unfortunate but yeah for being one of the best franchises out there they're i don't know about best but biggest biggest uh, one of the best bro no yeah i can't well okay maybe not the best when i say best i don't mean they make the best games most successful that's the better word the biggest biggest if you would yeah, <laughs> I don't know. One of my favorites. Let's go with that. Okay, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's the show. How long have we been going? 
Mm-hmm. We have been going 50 minutes. So that's the show. Um, I would have 20 questions, but you got to get out of here. So yep. we're going to extend on that. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Synced Up Podcast. Next week, I'll be back with my final thoughts on The Last of Us 2. We will have a Last of Us 2 spoiler cast at some point. No date on that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, review, rate the show, share it with your friends. Please do that. That, that does help a lot. Follow us on Twitter at this uh, at Synced Up Pod at Timothy Duro at the Coast is Claire C L E R C. DM us any segment ideas you'd like in the future. Again, new episodes go up every Monday, 7 a.m. Central Time. That's when they're supposed to go up. But I mean, for some reason, like Apple and shit comes up at like nine. It's so really? stupid. That's weird. Yeah. Um, DM Michael on Twitter if you have any questions you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. I almost did it. I almost did it. Then I, I burped. <laughs> I just burped at the very end the, the outro. whole podcast bro. Oh, whack um, yeah, But that's the show Thank you so much We will see you next week Bye Goodbye you a feet tickler oh. what gets you more your feet being touched or your armpits oh my head hurts my what did i stutter just don't touch me <laughs> but full if i had to full stop gun to my head am i tickling your feet or your armpits the guns to your head bitch hey, yeah <laughs> no, i'm tickling mind. something i i want to know okay if i have to tickle my friend What's the better spot? I don't got a gun to my head, okay? All right, gun to your head and gun to my head. <laughs> Why do we have guns to our head about tickling? Uh, yeah, yeah. Elmo was after us, man. Mm. Oh, this is some good ass. Mm. What are you doing over there? I'm finishing my YooHoo, checking Twitter before we start the pod. This is why I said get up here like 20 minutes early. Because we're going to sit around for 10. Ah, you unpunctual ass boys.